With another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 405, aka Year 8, Week 33, uh, coming at you this week. As always, I am your host, Mr. Richie Rich, along with MC. And since we do this live on the clubhouse, you can follow us there. The club is the Anarchist Experience, or you can at me at Riches for Rich, R I C H E S, the number four, R I C H, and I will click the little notification button. Uh, to let you know that we've started a live broadcast, which we do around 3 p.m. Eastern time uh, on the old clubhouse. And I think I have to change that in the clubhouse because apparently it says like 4 p.m. still, and I'm, like, I'm so lazy to update stuff like that. Like our website still has the old phone number on it. <laughs> like I wonder how many calls, but like maybe like one call in the last eight years we've probably missed by having that thing still up there. Maybe, yeah. if we're lucky. Mm. You know, I am amazed. So for a little bit of time in Hawaii, like maybe maybe less than a year or two, um, on behalf of a, a previous caller from this show, like I ran a cleaning business called Bikini Clean Hawaii. And that thing like shut down in 2014. And then I moved to New Hampshire in 2018. And as recently as three days ago, I still get calls going hey, bro, do you got any girls that can come clean my place? <laughs> and I have to, you know, disappointingly tell them, no. <laughs> that's <laughs> That site is up for legacy purposes only. <laughs> but but it's amazing. Like, had I had I run with that, you know, and people are like, well, what happened? And I go, well, Craigslist started charging for ads, so I stopped advertising the business, and they started charging to put job ads up, and it's was difficult enough to get quality females to clean houses in bikinis anyway. Like most of them were flaky as fuck or wannabe strippers or whatever. So I couldn't keep, you know, I always had like a rotating cast of girls applying to go with the rotating cast of customers, you know, wanting the service. And if it was going to start costing me money and it was, that was hard enough to line up as it was. I just, I gave up on it, but I'm still amazed, you know, fucking the, whatever out whatever's out there is still out there and i still get phone calls and text messages and messages on facebook said like hey dude you know, can can i get a girl can you just like give me their number and i'll call them directly i'm like bro it's been like eight years i don't <laughs> think they do it anymore and i have no idea what they look like anymore <laughs> you may not be happy with the results you get anywho so having the legacy phone the, the having the legacy phone number up there is you know just a curiosity uh, what is going on with you this week, MC? Oh, not much. I was uh, traveling. I went to Missouri for a couple weeks. Spent some time with family, and that's about it. Are you back? Hey, back in Hawaii? You're still in the travel mode. I'm back in Hawaii. All right. Well, all right. Well, good morning. Yep. So, I got. I've only got like four headlines this week, and we can get into that. However, one of the the big news of the week 
has been what like the the confirmation whatever vote for speaker of the house have you been following this thing at all oh that's still news well i think it ended yesterday but you know we only do the show once a week so oh okay. like, what, what happened okay. <laughs> what when you say you that's still news like what is, what is what how caught up are you on that thing um they were having a hard time electing a speaker that's all i know okay and that this is the most bizarre thing to me this is why i bring it up right because we're anti-state anti-politics you know for the most part but it's i'm always curious right like i like watching the train wreck happen when it comes to when it comes to politics and whatnot and they go like well okay so the guy that they want to install as speaker of the house lost a vote right and they went okay well i guess we're just going to vote again and so they vote again and he loses again and they go like, okay, well, so what are we going to do? And they're like, well, fuck, we got to vote again. And so they, they vote again, and he loses again. And they do this until the 15th fucking time, right? And he finally wins on vote 15. And, and, and I'm thinking in my mind, right, as, as the anarchist, libertarian, whatever, I'm like, well, that was all just a sham, right? Like, if he was going to get in, they don't even need to have the vote. They just install him right and then if they have the vote and he doesn't get in they're like well now we got to make it look good right we have to at least have the pretense of legitimacy let's go ahead and keep voting until he gets voted in vote harder <laughs> right <laughs> how does that even work what happened to the guy what happened to the guy in second place or third or fourth or however many other people were being in up for consideration and why weren't they part of the news article Right, it was just like this one guy lost, and so we're going to vote again. And God damn it, right? We're going to keep voting. You know, uh, what's the what's the quote? Uh, the beatings will continue until morale improves. Right, we're going to continue <laughs> voting until everyone says yes, he gets in. And it seemed, from my perspective, seemed like the biggest sham of all, like worse worse than the presidential elections. Right, because at least they voted once, and they went, "Well, shit, he cheated," but uh, that's the results, you know. This was like, "Nope, he lost." Okay, vote again. Nope, he lost. Fucking vote again, right? My, am, am I wrong to think of it this way? Like, what's actually? I I don't know what the process is, um, but he's not a quitter. So, well, even if that's the process, right? What kind of what kind of process is set up? in such a way that that's supposed to be representative democracy or republic you know representing whomever right if you can if you lose and they just keep voting until you win right like again we go back to the presidential election if it if it happened a different way right like joe biden is going to be the next president of the united states and then donald trump wins they go like nope vote again and and Joe Biden so I, loses again. I, I, I don't even know what uh, a losing vote means in the uh, context of electing a Speaker of the House. It's pro- well, probably similarly to that of you know the Electoral College, right? You got to get like a certain number of votes, you know, like a, the the theoretical uh, majority, but not enough, right? Is is likely what happened? 
Like he he had enough, but it wasn't enough according to the rules. So we we'll vote again. We're, we will continue this vote until he has enough, which yeah, means there's, some so of there's you people no, need to change no your competition, mind. Though. What's that? There's no competition. No, that's the thing. I, there there had to be there there were there had to have been other people in consideration, right? If I don't know. <laughs> Okay, and even if not, right, even if not, nobody was else else was in consideration, um, what's then even still, what's the goddamn point? Right? He's going to win at some point. Right? How what I don't what, know. I'm I'm still stuck on what's the point of having a constitution if you can't follow it. <laughs> so, fair. We talk about that then. I just again the, 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 the train wreck of he's going to win, we just don't know how long it's gonna take for people to like, you know, change their mind. Right. Yeah. Like I'm so, I'm so bored of sitting here casting my vote again and again against this guy, you know, like a jury, right? Like can you imagine a jury trial where they're like, well, it's split guilty, not guilty. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd be a constitutionalist if, uh, the constitution had, I don't know, rope or, or, some lethality to it. Sure. But it doesn't. It's just a piece of paper. It doesn't hurt anybody. I, I, I hear what you're saying. but And yes, there, 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 there ought to have been penalties against the state written into the Constitution for violations. Right? They ought not. And should they do, then these are the penalties. But, of course, you know, back then they just, like, Tarred and feather him or hung him anyway. And I was like, the people rise up. That is the penalty. And we no longer live in an age where the people rise up. They don't they don't care. They just laugh at the spectacle like me. Or they burn or they burn down their own city. Which is even dumber. The foolishness and all of that. We're going to burn down Minneapolis. Or what Portland or wherever. Wherever those people are that burn stuff down, burned burn down the businesses. Oh, what's it? Minneapolis. They actually took down the police station, right? That was the one. I was like, good. They're getting better. You know, practice on the Starbucks, perfected on the police station. I have to sacrifice a few businesses. Eh, maybe, maybe I'm not all that hell bent over it. They get it right every once in a while. But still, so that was that was you know my little problem with the week I'm like how many times does this guy get to get voted in right and if everyone knows he's going to win anyway if it's just you know what's the, it's not even a good show right it doesn't oh that's why i stopped paying attention to it <laughs> I, I, the only comment i saw was was elon musk saying well if if not this guy then who and i and i didn't bother following up yeah anybody's comments on that so well that's I, what I, I, that's I really what i mean when i say it's not even a good show it's not it's not that it wasn't entertaining. Um, it's that if they're tr- trying to portray legitimacy and democracy, right? And and all they're doing is waiting for people to lose the war of attrition and vote the guy they want in, right? <laughs> then it's a disgrace all the way. It's a disgrace to them as well. Yeah. I'll talk about disgrace. Um this week I watched a, a video about Dr. Brzezinski, and I posted on Facebook, and Facebook uh, immediately uh, fact-checked me and said, 
this video is hidden. And there's a button that says see why. And so you see why, and it's like there was misinformation in this post. You should have tweeted it. It would have got by the Elon censors. Oh, I did. I tweeted it directly to Elon. (laughs) (laughs) Even better. So, yeah. Um, And I responded to, to, uh, oh, yeah, that was my, my, so to hopefully get some views on this, uh, and it probably didn't work. I haven't checked on it, but um, Elon said the thing about the speaker, and I said, well, we should have two speakers, and then we could have stereo. (laughs) <laughs> and then uh and then I posted the link to the Brzezinski thing, you know. If anybody saw my joke, they would see the video too. Um so yeah, anyway, uh the and then I sent I, I looked up the you know the the company that is fact checking me and I, I sent them a direct message with the link in the video. I said, Did you even watch this? you know, and then nice. I said, The FDA is a disgrace. So that's my segue. But, um, yeah, it's a really interesting uh, video about Dr. Brzezinski, who has a cancer cure called anti-neoplastins. Um, he discovered it by noticing the chemicals were absent from uh, people's urine and that, you know, people that have cancer are missing these these chemicals in their urine. And so he's like, well, if I, if I could uh, get these chemicals and, put them inside of uh, people with cancer, maybe the cancer will go away. Okay. And it basically works. I mean, not 100% of the time, but, uh, you know, uh, against certain cancers, up to 50% of the time. Uh, 50% cancer cure is pretty darn good, especially considering there's no harmful effects from these chemicals. Yeah, I was going to ask, any side effects? No. Yeah, these these chemicals are found in healthy people, in their urine, in their blood. So, no side effects. Just put it in you, and either goes away or it doesn't. That means you so, could do it in addition to other treatments as well, then, right? Like true. It wouldn't, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's what they were doing. They were in Japan. They did a study with them, uh, uh, use, doing the you know the double blind, placebo controlled uh, study gold standard and it was just at one hospital with uh six seven, almost 70 no yeah something like almost 70 people um 33 people in, in in the control group and 32 people in the uh uh, <coughs> uh test group in the test group yeah sorry a little bit tired so okay. um yeah still jet lagged um and so anyway it uh according to this this hospital um the the group that got the the medication um lived uh twice as long as the group that didn't and so that's that's proof right there um now it's just it's just one you know small study but uh it's it's definitely proof okay um and that and that's without even dr brzezinski's help so they were just doing their own thing with with the anti neoplastins, so they weren't exactly taking direction from Brzezinski. Now Brzezinski okay. has like thirty years experience with this stuff, right? So he knows exactly the dosage and how much it should be in their urine and in their blood to give the best chance of survival. He's not just doing studies; he's actually trying to maximize the effectiveness. He's not just you know 
randomly picking dosages and stuff. So real quick, just for my understanding, the Japanese people knew of the Brzezinski study and decided to test it, or they were independently coming up coming to the same conclusion? Uh, well, they heard about the claims, and so they uh, got the chemicals and, uh, and, and administered it the way they wanted to. Got it. Okay. So as not to be biased by... Brzezinski, they came up with their own protocol, their own testing methodology and everything. And they came to the conclusion that Brzezinski was right, that they do work. Now, they didn't get to the point of maximizing effectiveness, but still they, they, they ended up doubling the lifespan of these people that had a, a liver cancer. Nice. So it's like, okay, that's great. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, no additional side effects. That's the, that's the main thing. So. Basically, everybody with cancer could try this just to see if it helps. Yeah. Um, if it works, fucking fantastic. If it doesn't work, you have other treatment options. If those don't work, you had no chance to begin with. Sure. Yeah. All right. All upside, um, no downside. Yeah. Uh, but the FDA doesn't like it because they didn't come up with it, and a big corporation didn't come up with it, and the FDA is actually just an arm of the uh, the pharmaceutical corporations at this point. Right. So, um, and they get to determine uh, who gets what treatment. Well, and they get to determine what is or is not a cure or how you can market it, right? Yeah, they, they get to decide what, what language is, is used and what language you can't use. And that's, that's a tragedy, travesty right there. I mean, it's yeah. just... Cause even, um, I, I know I've talked about my new boss on here a little bit and how we don't always disagree or all, we don't necessarily agree on much um but he is you know diabetic and he was like sharing a story with me about how he uh mismanaged it once and was about to go into diabetic shock in the grocery store right he's like uh hey hey kid you gotta get me a cup like asap i'm about to go into diabetic shock and you don't you don't want that and he's like and it was you know he poured himself like a cup of orange juice and just drank it. And when 10 minutes later, he's like, okay, I'm good. You know, like that's not, not the, not, you know, not the vitamin C, like the cure for scurvy, uh, but the sugars and whatever in the vitamin C, you know, is enough for to, to cure that ailment as it stands, but you can't market it for anything like that. You just have to know. And then he shared interesting enough that I don't know. I've not corroborated this. Um, Lifesavers candy was invented by a doctor whose daughter was diabetic or something mm. like that. Hence the name, right? No, I'm getting a, a misconfirmation from a producer somewhere, but that's that's the story anyway. <laughs> like, hey, you need sugar? Suck on this. Good story. It would be if it were true, but apparently it's false. But that's what the boss said, <laughs> and he's diabetic, so like I've. He's like, my sugar was down to like 60-something. I'm like, I still don't know if that's good or bad, you know? Like that, <laughs> that, that's a number that means nothing to me because I am not diabetic. But I do know we had an employee who has since uh, left the company um, voluntarily because of medical ailments who was frequently, for, for a short span of time that she was employed, was frequently in the hospital getting like insulin drips because she failed to manage her diabetes properly and like 
she'd we'd get a call like okay her number's like in the 500s i'm like okay that number still means nothing to me but if it's hospital worthy go do your thing yeah yeah and insulin is in the u.s is 10 times at least higher than it should be okay against anywhere else in the world so you're talking about the price of insulin yeah the price okay let's let's talk about that then Sure. Because, well, only because it's it's higher than it is anywhere else in the world. And then you got people like the president who's going like, all right, we're capping insulin prices to $30, right? And you have the free market libertarian types going, well, that's just going to destroy supply because that's what you would expect. But if it hasn't been that way in the rest of the world, then is it really going to be that big of a deal here? Um. Well, I assume that the high price of insulin is just due to monopoly forces, not uh, the price of uh, creating the the drug. So, right, um, yeah, it's uh, has nothing. You know, the, the actual price has nothing to do with market forces anyway. So, if the government gets in the way to solve a problem that they created, um, you know. They they could lower the price, um, but that doesn't mean it should be thirty dollars. It should probably be ten dollars. Okay. Well, all, all that means is the, the people making it are just going to sell it for thirty, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of the hundreds or whatever they're selling it for now. Right. So no big deal. Like no, you know. Well, I mean, it's, it's a, still it, it's still a problem that the government is creating, and the okay. government claim, claims to be the solution for it, but they're really not. They really need to get the hell out of the way and yeah, and let people get create insulin and let anybody make it and let anybody sell it right well and typically that's the other thing right typically the government creates a problem tries to find the solution and exacerbates the problem right but it doesn't sound like you think that that might be the case this go around right like the the insulin problem is not going to be exacerbated right there's not going to be uh dying diabetics because they couldn't get their hands on it because well, the price I, I, went down. honestly, I don't, I don't know that. Um, okay. I don't, I don't think there's going to be a, a lack of supply because there's a cap at thirty dollars. I don't even know if that's the cap. I don't even know if that's real. Ah, okay. That's that's. I saw it in passing. I don't have a headline. Yeah, but that's that's what I remember reading, right? Because you know the 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 anti-state pro you know pro austrian economic sites that i go to right are also inundated with people who comment like that's just gonna destroy it you know right the government getting in the way of free markets and yeah, well they're already profits. in the way that's that's the problem so you know. right and that's why i'm saying usually they would exacerbate and these people would be correct in some form or fashion right Gover- government puts uh, puts a cap on uh, puts a price cap on things and on you know, we typically see shortages, but if you're saying that they put they're putting a price cap on an artificially inflated price anyway, and we might not see shortages, well, then that's an entirely different scenario about to play out. Yeah. All right. Because yeah, because the price of insulin is not uh, set by supply market it's forces. Just, it, it's it's set by monopoly forces. <laughs> so okay. if you set a if you set a price cap, it doesn't affect the supply. <laughs> So doesn't that then give rise for anything that the government grants a monopoly to that they should be capping the price, right? I wouldn't say they should. I should. I, the government should not be in the business of creating monopolies. True. But this is the world we live in, right? Like I have, I have one cable provider. 
you know where I, I live. I, I I would prefer not having the price cap and just let the monopoly run wild, and then eventually people will go, oh yeah, that monopoly shouldn't exist, and then get rid of the government. That's would be a, a preferable outcome rather than going, oh okay, we'll just have the government, uh, you know, protect us by giving us. Uh, a 300% markup drug instead of a 10,000% markup drug. All right. You know. I mean, I'm I'm with you, but I also that also sounds like a long-term strategy with a lot of pain for a lot of people that they won't be willing to sacrifice to get yeah. through. Well, we deserve it. Okay. We collectively as a society? Yes. Yes. Uh, um, you know, the the government shouldn't should not have been allowed to get as big as it is. There should be no FDA. There should be no uh, restriction of drugs crossing borders uh, be, uh, because that's not what it was intended for. Yeah. I I hear what you're saying, and this is this is where I my mouth could get me into a little bit of trouble, right? Because this is where I'm always uh, reminding people about the tree of liberty, and its need to be refreshed with the blood of patriots and tyrants, not just one or the other, preferably more tyrants than patriots. But, you know, people, you know, there there has been a long history of people not willing to rise up and fight back or do anything. And that has gotten us in the situation we're in now. Um, and even, you know, even when people, you know, uh, talk about rising up and fighting back, there's... There's no actual fight back, right? There's the pretense of fight back and then the, the back down. Yeah, and, and typically the one of the best solutions is to leave. Yeah, but yeah, but you, you, the way the world is now, you end up somewhere where you will have the same problem. Or, or different problems. And so okay. in, the ca- in the case of uh, medical tyranny, um, e- even in that case in Japan, uh, Japan is no longer pursuing anti-neoplastins because uh, if if Japan does, then the FDA will not approve any other drug coming out of Japan. And so they've they're they're um, what, what's the term? <laughs> Embargo, uh, blackball. Uh, uh, not bribing, but well, it's a bribe. Uh, I can't think. Ah, of I forget the term. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, anyway, they've got them by the balls and blackmail. Blackmail, that's what I was looking for. Yeah. All right. They're blackmail in Japan. Yes. Okay. To prevent this drug from coming across the borders. Yeah. All right. Well, once again And so you don't go to Japan, maybe you go to a different country that doesn't give a shit about uh the FDA approving stuff in their country. Now the FDA has been uh pushing towards this, you know one world government uh, solution and, you know, around the whole world. I mean, their, their influence is, has expanded to India and uh, uh, yeah, a lot of the countries of the world. So maybe you go to Mexico, maybe you go to uh, Africa, but. Um, right. Do you know of any other country pursuing, like you've obviously done a little bit of research. Are there any other countries pursuing this? I, I don't know the best place to go if you want anti-neoplastins. Okay. Uh, maybe Texas, because <laughs> uh, that's where Dr. Brzezinski is. That's where his lab is. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, he's not allowed to uh, export 
that drug unless it's approved by the FDA for trials. But um, yeah, you could still go to Texas and presumably uh, okay. get the treatment. Have him send some back with the the coyotes. Bring Mexicans in, take the drugs out. Yeah. And get Mexico up and running on that. All right. Yeah. So the treatment is about, uh, I don't know about always, but I'll just just throwing out numbers to help help it put it in perspective is about $10,000 a month. Um, you basically put a port in you and you administer it to yourself uh, like 24 seven with, with a p- electronic pump and, but you can do it at home. Um, okay. No typical cancer treatments are all done in the hospitals. And that's one of the reasons why the hospitals don't want antineoplastins is because, well, they charge about $800,000 a month okay. to have somebody, uh, in their care. See, and when you throw out numbers like that and I go like, well, this is not even for the average person because if it's $10,000 a month and it's, you know, uh, what's the word? Not, uh, being studied treatment, right? If it's not something approved, you're likely not going to get insurance to pay for it. Right. And then how not, the insurance will not pay for it. Right. So how, you know, how many average people have, an extra $10,000 a month lying around to spend well, towards cancer treatment. I mean, we already know that like, like half the population doesn't even have $500 in case of emergency. Right. So, um, uh, I don't know, get a loan, don't pay it back. I don't know if that's the solution, but <laughs> well, how long, um, how long do you have to be on the treatment before it's before you're cured? You know, is it like a year long thing? Uh, is it a lifetime? thing? Yeah. Um, so, some people respond very quickly. So within months, um, so a couple months, uh, All right. and at least, and then, um, I don't know, you, you would probably just keep, keep doing the treatment until there's no detectable cancer left. Okay. And so if that takes an entire year, then it's a year, you know? So that's $120,000 that sure. I, you know, in my life, I don't know when I would be able to pay that back with any reasonable sort of payment plan. Like, okay, it was $10,000 a month. Now with interest, you know, you can pay back over the course of 20 years at only $8,000 a month. So some people have resorted to, um, you know, making ads. Uh, making hope ads? Hopeforlaura.com. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I, I mean, if it works, right? Like, if the case studies work, that should be part of it, you know. Hey, Dr. Brzezinski, I will undergo your cancer treatment, but instead of paying you, I'll give you some exposure. Oh, no, no, not like that. Hopeforlaura.com was someone saying, I need need the money for the treatment, and then they got the money, and then they got the treatment. No, I know, but what I'm saying is the influencer culture. Oh, yeah, but I don't think Brzezinski's interested in that at all. I mean, he's he's already got documentaries out. It'll help spread the word. That's the problem. His whole life. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I think... uh, there does need to be more exposure to it. I just don't know how much it matters because I'm sure lots of people have seen the the, the story of, of Brzezinski and it still uh, just doesn't really make a difference to the government. They just... Yeah, uh, it's, it's, the right ex- it's the right exposure because... Sure. You know, well, that's when, why I sent it to Elon Musk, you know? I got it. <laughs> and that, that, could be, that's, that could be the right exposure. Right, but Elon Elon Musk, Joe Rogan, and then you know, d- depending on your uh, your project, right, the Kardashians, right? Because for whatever reason, 
the Kardashians were big on, you know, the Innocence Project and getting people pardoned. And they had the ear of the president for whatever reason. And I went, well, shit, you know, why, you know, if we're trying to get like Ross Ulbricht and Julian Assange pardoned, right, why are we not blowing up the fucking Kardashians' Twitter and, and Instagram account, like just flooding them with that instead of, you know, the small time outlets that people go through already, right? Get get that story on the Joe Rogan experience. Get that story in front of the Kardashians, right? Enough where they take an interest because they have they're the only like true influencers, right? Like everyone else is like a wannabe influencer getting however much, you know, whatever. But those are the those are the ones that have political influence large enough to carry some weight in my opinion andrew tate get in front of andrew tate (laughs) did you look into that any further after last week just out of curiosity i haven't heard anything okay um yeah it's uh i it still seems whenever yeah whenever whenever the romanian government decides to say what's going on they'll say what's going on i guess all right but I, uh, I did, I did see some cooperation where it was, uh, webcam, cam girl business that you know. Yeah, yeah, and that's I and so once upon a time I wanted to create a business uh, for uh, webcam girls because, and one of the reasons I wanted to do it because the the, the girls don't typically get uh, the majority of the money made from their uh, their their act, you know, right and. And that's just to me. It's just stupid. Like I, I'm pretty sure like all the webcam businesses are owned by men. Okay. And maybe it's just a technology thing. Like men are interested in technology and and boobs. And so, so uh, to compete here, with them, you were going to be a man who starts his own webcam business. No, I I didn't <laughs> want to do that. What what I want is for women to run their own business. Um, and so basically you, you create a platform and then, and let them, Oh, let, let the women pay the, the platform rather than the, the platform pay the women. Okay. So only fans um, ba- basically, um, except, uh, I think only fans, you have to, y- your money still goes through, through the website first, right? Okay. Yeah. So the money should go straight to the women first, and then the women should pay to get their exposure on the website. Okay. Um, so basically, I was going to create that website and and use Monero as the token for for the women to get paid, and and the reason for that is, of course, uh, anonymity, which the men want. Yep. And uh, the women also, because then they don't have to share how much they made. Um, and then uh, for the for the website, uh, they they could take money anyway. They, it doesn't really matter how much how, how they get paid, but um, but yeah, it's 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 basically putting power in the control of of the women rather than uh, men who want to rip them off. <laughs> you know, and, that, and that's and I'm pretty sure if Andrew Tate was running a webcam business um, that. Uh, the girls probably weren't getting paid uh, half what they should have been. Sure. Let me let me uh, be misogynistic for just a minute here, but I also don't think it has anything to do with women itself, themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear what you're saying, and it's 
I want I want to parallel it to YouTube just a little bit, right? Like you can post stuff on YouTube and have it monetized by YouTube, and YouTube will take a bigger cut, right? Mm-hmm. Or you can post things on YouTube, sell your own ads, and and have those ads integrated into your video prior to posting, right? But you mm-hmm. keep more of the ad money because YouTube doesn't take anything of that, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if, if YouTube had an upload fee or whatever, you would just pay the upload fee. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me that the vast majority of people are better off allowing YouTube to monetize their content because they have more expertise in that particular area. And that's one less thing on the plate of the content maker. And so in the, in the case of like the cam girl, right. Do you want her to you know be a cam girl and have to advertise? Oh know? no. So the, the whole point of the website is just a, a consolidation of all the, all the women that want to do their show. Right. And, and then basically it would be kind of like a ranking system or, you know, if you want to be on the front front page, then you, you have to pay. If right. you don't want to be on the front page, you don't pay. And then people could just find you anyway. Um, so it's, it's a matter of, you know, do you want to support the website or not? You know, the website is, would probably be, you know, not too expensive to run. Um, and so the, the object of the website would be to, to say, okay, well, I'm, I'm really good at promoting. And so if, if you're, if you are good and you want to be promoted, then pay us money and you'll, okay. you know, you'll get that service of the, of the promotion. So they won't have to do any promotion themselves. They just have to pay the money. Okay. So like YouTube premium then for Bas- basically. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to parallel this to something that I can understand, you know? Sure. Sure. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, I hope you do it just because why not? Sounds like fun. Yeah. I don't. And then, then all you need to, to get it started, if anybody's listening and wants to do it, because I want them to do it. Because I, I want more people to use Monero. Uh, that's, that's what I want. Um, porn is the way to go then, right? That, yeah. This, all new that, technology I, moves through porn. Yeah. Like five years ago, I was, I was like, yeah, somebody's going to do it. Somebody's going to do it. You know, and nobody's done it yet. So. <laughs> uh, one, one girl did. Uh, that, and, well, actually, I don't even know if it's true. I'll assume it's true. It was on, I think it was on her website. Um, what was that that uh uh that girl that that she's a controversial uh really cute blonde chick that did like anime style whatever um oh you uh, you have stumped me my 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 brain hurts um okay <laughs> i i can see a picture of her face uh what industry like not she used to sell she used to sell her bath water and stuff. Oh, okay. God damn it. You didn't stump me. And I had this like on the tip of my tongue and I didn't want to admit to it again. Uh, Belle Delphine. There you go. Okay. I never um, thought of her as blonde though. She was always Asian in my wasn't mind. Wasn't she? She might have dyed her hair or put on a blonde wig, but I thought she was a, like a little Asian chick. Either way. Anyway. Not important. Belle Delphine. Belle Delphine. Don't, don't ask me why know. I know this. I don't even know if she's Asian, but. <laughs> she might not be. <laughs> mixed but um but when i get the the anime the you know the uh the anime you know cute little bubbly whatever and i i uh, you know i stereotype yeah, so, Asian. so anyway she she made a post one time saying she would uh give give a, a girlfriend experience 
to whoever donates her a million dollars in Monero. Um, so that that was the, you know, I thought I thought after that, yeah, somebody sure is going to you know make a website and and, and use okay. Monero as the, as the token of of choice, but uh, still nobody's done it. So uh, somebody do it. Bell Delphine, fun. crypto pioneer. Eh, or just ho. <laughs> <laughs> High class ho, low class ho, whatever. No, no, high high class man. (laughs) Well, she's she's a millionaire, um, so at least okay. High high class, and then uh, this is this would be you know this is my uh, bias in there as well, right? High class because she's a millionaire, uh, off of sexuality, but had had actual sex with how many of her patrons? I don't know. Exactly. Right? Like, she, she did not have to go that far and still manage, you know, she's the ultimate gold digger. She just gold dug everybody and didn't put out. Like, that's the way to do it, in my opinion. Well, I mean, if that's the way you want to do it, fine. I don't have a problem with it. <laughs> I mean, millions, how, however many hundreds of thousands of millions of guys, right, buying little bottles of bath water. And like, that's all, that's all you had to do? This this was this was the key to to millionaire status. Be cute, blonde, and sell bathwater. Who knew? Yeah. All the, all the lefties with their uh, 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 bachelors of arts degrees. I mean, be, being a webcam girl. Of, what's that? Being being a webcam girl isn't for everybody. Um, certainly not for me. Um, oh, not but, for me. Okay, so not for me either. But again, right. Like I had the, I had the bikini cleaning company and I cleaned zero houses, man. Like, <laughs> I just took the phone calls and dispatched the girls. Like that was it, you know? And I, I, I took, I, I didn't take a, as big a cut as I should have apparently. Um, cause I figured I would make it up on volume and that, you know, didn't work out. And then Craigslist yeah. wanted their cut, but I was like, no, you keep most of it because if if this works out, I'll get a lot of you, you know, working and I'll take a small cut of each like Amazon. I want a small cut of every transaction. That's it. Don't need a big cut. Not that greedy. Yeah. And the webcab business, they, I, I'm pretty sure they, they take over 50%, probably a lot more. And, and, and a lot of them. And so in, in other countries they'll have, uh, it's, it's like a, a factory assembly. So they'll have dozens of rooms or whatever and girls just sitting in these tiny cramped rooms and they don't get any of the money directly from from the website they'll, they'll have some some manager that gets the money and then pays the girls to, to come into the room yes so there there's that's the a, andrew tate he managed yeah I, I like i said i don't really know what his operation was um i know uh, some some of them are more scammy than others sure you know, if it's if it's a girl in her own room in her own house doing her thing, then every that's on her. She is if if it's worth the money to her, then fine. But there, well, yeah. there's pe- there's people in wor- in much worse conditions that yeah. That, uh, but that's what are, I'm saying. That girl in her scammed. own house has to also do her own marketing, right? Yeah. And how much how much is that worth? And how good of how good at that are you? And again, you know, this this uh, podcast project hobby of ours right has generated very little funds and is nowhere near a business and part of that is because 
we don't care to make it one and don't spend any effort marketing it outside of anything. You know what I mean? Sure. But could we have, maybe, could it have been, you know, financially successful, possibly, but it's, I don't want to do it. And you don't want to do it. And we don't want to pay someone to do it. So we just didn't do it. You know, we, <laughs> sure. we'd, we'd be like the fucking webcam girl that has like one customer, right? Like one, one monthly subscriber and she's doing it just for like one dude. And it's probably her dad just trying to make himself, make her feel better about her business that she started. It's creepy. I, th- as that I think, is. I think the webcam girls, uh, it, it depends uh, a lot more on their physical attributes than anything else. So fair enough. I mean, Belle Delphine was a little bit, she, she was a character. Um, that's why she got uh, famous, but, uh, she still could have made a living without having any talent at all. (laughs) (laughs) Not saying I'm really a fan of hers. I just, I mean, she stands out. She's a character. (laughs) Just like, you know, Trump is a character. (laughs) Right. And that's, that's the thing. She's not necessarily a great, like, cam girl she's a great marketer right she took she well, took this it, well, weird she, character she, well she expanded her her business to to other things not just uh yeah be, being on camera so. yeah i remember okay early on in the days of the internet this was actually like an interview on tech tv or something and it was with uh okay i'm gonna say a porn star's name and you may or may not like recall this one from long time. <laughs> okay <laughs> asia carrera does that name okay, ring a bell yeah. at all? Sure. Sure. Okay. So early, she, I don't, again, I have not verified this, but this was like in the interview she did on a tech TV show, like apparently is a member of Mensa and early on ran her own website, like asiacarrera.com or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Like that was all her behind the scenes. So she did the porn and then did all the merchandising and all the orders like if you went to her, if you went to her website and like ordered a VHS or a DVD or whatever it was, like it was in her side room that she would grab the DVD, stuff the envelope, and send it to you. Mm. Like she's like there was nobody else doing it, and you know, and that was like her thing, and why you probably recall her name more frequently than any others. But yeah, back in the day, so smart, right? Went the adult business route but also also smart enough to do the marketing on her own to run her own website early in the days of the internet right before you know before distribution was really a thing and that's you know this was this was a tech show from like probably the early 2000s late 90s early 2000s cuz i was in college when tech tv was on the air and they were they were interviewing her specifically for that you know it's like it was a late night tech show or whatever it was but it was also, look how smart this chick is, even though she's a porn star. So Belle Delphine, same vein, right? You got whatever gimmick you got, and then market the hell out of it. You want to do some headlines? Sure. All right. I, I'll read them all to you, but I think we're going to start with this one anyway, just because it's, you know, it is what it is. Headline, a Jordan Peterson's license fiasco highlights why government licensing should be abolished. A headline, Victory for Grandmothers, Court Rules State Can't Prohibit Their Food Sales. A headline, Finland's new public health care system kicks off with a budget shortfall. And finally, headline, uh, Police Failures in Philadelphia Have Made Private Policing More Attractive. Uh, What about the food sales? 
Oh, okay. We can do that first. I thought you'd like jump on the Jordan Peterson thing because. Oh, I'm a fan. Yeah. But... Yeah. Okay. Uh, victory for grandmothers. Court rules states can't prohibit their food sales. Uh, it will be called a victory for grandmothers, although it will actually help entire families. A court in Wisconsin ruled that the state cannot ban people from making and selling homemade shelf-stable foods directly to consumers. Shelf-stable would mean foods like fudge, donuts, and roasted coffee beans that do not need any refrigeration to stay safe. It's the Institute for Justice that announced the victory in its court fight, citing the decision from Lafayette County Circuit Court Judge Rhonda LaFord. She concluded that Wisconsinites may use their own home kitchens to support their families with sales of safe foods, the IJ reported. The organization explained the background. Wisconsin was one of a very few states that had banned virtually all sales of homemade foods, requiring pe- that people instead pay to utilize an off-site commercial kitchen. In 2017, a legal challenge from a group of home bakers led a Wisconsin court to declare the ban on baked goods to be unconstitutional. But Wisconsin, Wisconsin continued to ban the sale of other homemade shelf-stable foods like chocolates, candies, dry goods, roasted coffee beans. This lawsuit, launched in February 2021, sought to change that. We are thrilled with the court's decision, said Lisa Kirverst, a home baker and plaintiff in both the original and current lawsuits. This win is going to be a game changer for so many in Wisconsin. Uh, the IJ explained another plaintiff, Della Enns, can now sell soup mixes, tea mixes, and dehydrated vegetables. Rising prices have left many people struggling to make ends meet, and any additional source of revenue for home-based food producers would be helpful to Wisconsin families like Della's. Della said that the victory in the lawsuit helped her bed and breakfast business, and it would allow her to cook more than breakfast, the IJ reported. Senior IJ lawyer Justin Pearson said Wisconsin's own regulators repeatedly admit that this ban made no sense and only existed because powerful groups like the Wisconsin Bakers Association pushed for it. Legislatures are not allowed to hurt the little guy just because their powerful friends asked them to. Now, said IJ lawyer uh, Suranjan Sen, if my grandmother wants to sell a piece of perfectly safe homemade fudge to her neighbor, that is her right and bureaucrats in, Wisconsin, uh, bureaucrats in Madison may not stand in the way. Fantastic. The yeah. So short but sweet, you know, it, this is, it's, it's still unfortunate that it only applies to shelf stable, right? But moving in the right direction, right? Because other people that sell, you know, other foods out of their home, right? Might want to, might want to put up a fight and say like, ah, you know, ours is next. Yeah, and and only in was that Wisconsin? Well, was Wisconsin specifically for this article? Um, I don't. Again, they said like Wisconsin was one of the few states that outright had a ban. So I don't know what it's like uh, in your I'm, area. I'm I'm pretty sure it's it's everywhere else. <laughs> well, but if you know if this if this gets if this gets challenged elsewhere, right in the same region, you know then it, it, you can challenge it on uh, was it the circuit court, whatever, whatever the whatever's. Right below the Supreme Court, where the where the jurisdictions lie, sure. Right, you can cite it as precedent, and then hopefully get it unbanned in your area. Yeah, which again is you know when when I was still in Hawaii, I know I know it had like no chance, uh, but I reached out to the uh, ACLU, right, because I have a bunch of unpaid tickets uh, on you know in in the court system for whatever. Uh, and 
because I didn't pay my tickets, they they stole my license and and said that I'm not you know suspended my license or whatever revoked it whatever. But in Virginia, right, the ACLU fought to say that you know that can't be a punishment for failure to pay because it unfairly punishes poor people. Now I went great. Now that you guys have a victory in Virginia, let's fucking fight that thing here in Hawaii. You know, and it didn't go anywhere, and they never responded or got back to me. And but whatever, you know, it's a victories in one area lead to challenges in others, and then hopefully you get the same result. And if you don't get the same result, you can fight. You know, keep fighting on up, right, or move. You know, if you if you want to sell your baked goods out of your kitchen, Wisconsin is now a safe place to be for that particular line of work. Any other thoughts on that one? Uh, nope. All right. Let's do the Jordan Peterson one because I, I thought, you know, number one, you're a fan. Number two, I'm I'm not as big of a fan. Like, I've I heard and speak. I generally like what he has to say, but I have not read the books or anything like that. And... Uh, I don't agree with everything he says, but in this particular case, I do think that he's getting uh, steamrolled by the state a little bit. <laughs> Just a little. Uh, Jordan Peterson's license fiasco highlights why government licensing should be abolished. On January 3rd, Jordan Peterson used his recently reinstated Twitter account to alert the world of a new development in his seemingly endless battle with mainstream institutions. The Ontario College of Psychologists has demanded that I submit myself to mandatory social media communication retraining with their ex- experts for, among other crimes, retweeting Pierre Polivier and criticizing Justin Trudeau and his political allies, Peterson wrote. According to Peterson, the college's actions were prompted by roughly a dozen complaints submitted over the past four years, notably None of the complaints were brought by people Peterson interacted with in a clinical context. Rather, they seem to be motivated by political disagreements and only feature vague accusations of harm resulting from some of Peterson's social media rhetoric. What exactly have I done that is so seriously unprofessional, Peterson asked in a National Post column. Is it hard to tell with some of the complaints? One involved the submission of the entire transcript of a three-hour discussion on the Joe Rogan podcast, but here are some examples. Uh, He goes on to list the accusations of unprofessional conduct levied against him, which include retweeting a comment about the unnecessary severity of the COVID-19 lockdowns, uh, criticizing Justin Trudeau and politicians, and making a joke about the Prime Minister of New Zealand. Uh, Peterson has indicated he is eager to release all the details of the accusations so the public can see the evidence and judge for themselves who is in the right. But the college has thus far not given permission to this effect. To atone for his errors, Peterson was told he needs to take a mandatory social media retraining course at his own expense. The court will be considered finished when the college's experts are satisfied with his progress. Naturally, Peterson refused to take the course. As a result, he now faces a mandatory public disciplinary hearing and the possible suspension of his clinical license. If he loses his license, he will be barred from practicing clinical psychology in Ontario and from representing himself as a psychologist, a tool for censorship. This isn't the first time that licensing system has been weaponized against professionals with unpopular views. In an infamous 2021 statement from the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario, the provincial regulatory body for medical doctors, doctors were effectively told 
to get on board with the official COVID narrative or risk losing their license. Physicians hold a unique position of trust with the public, the statement reads, and have a professional responsibility to not communicate anti-vaccine, anti-masking, anti-distancing, and anti-lockdown statements and or promoting unsupported, unproven treatments for COVID-19. Physicians must not make comments or provide advice that encourages the public to act contrary to public health orders and recommendations. Physicians who put the public at risk may face an investigation by the CPSO and disciplinary action when warranted. These were not empty threats. One Ontario physician, Dr. Patrick Phillips, had his license suspended in May 2022 for inappropriate COVID-19 treatments and advice. As these and many other examples make clear, the licensing system can be a powerful weapon for censorship, and it's no mystery why. Professionals need licenses to legally practice their profession, Even if there are relatively few suspensions in practice, the mere fact that your license could be suspended has a huge impact. Self-censorship is likely rampant in fields like law, medicine, and psychology on account of this threat. The underlying problem, government licensing. Though the administrators of licensing systems certainly carry much of the blame for intimidating professionals into conformity, the root of the problem is the licensing regulations themselves. If these were private clubs that were threatening to revoke membership, it wouldn't really matter. The reason this is such a big deal is that these bodies are empowered by the government to strip professionals of their livelihoods. If licensing laws were repealed, these regulatory bodies would have no teeth and thus no ability to threaten and coerce professionals. The objection, of course, is that we need licensing to protect consumers from unethical and incompetent practitioners. But why should the government get to decide who is unethical and incompetent? Why not you, the consumer? Well, consumers are ignorant, we are told. They need an expert to help them verify competence. Fair enough, but that doesn't mean that the government needs to get involved. There's an alternative system that removes the coercive element while still allowing consumers to verify that a service that buys are trustworthy. The alternative is free market certification. Anyone who cares about government censorship would do well at least to familiarize themselves with this alternative to the status quo. Let's briefly explore how it could work. How a free market certification system could replace government licensing. Though a free market certification system could take many forms, one form that would likely emerge is a series of voluntary professional associations. Though professionals would legally uh, be allowed to work without an affiliation to be known association, their potential customers will be looking for indicators of trustworthiness. So professionals will find it to their advantage to join these groups. Professional associations like these already exist precisely for this reason in all sorts of unregulated professions, such as osteopathy. An association for psychologists might call themselves the Psychological Professionals of Ontario. To become a member, PPO would have a certain requirements you must fulfill, such as graduating from a school they approve of, and perhaps passing a test demonstrating to them that you know what you're doing. Once you've met these requirements, PPO would grant you their certificate of approval, which you can then use when advertising to potential clients. PPO would also likely have a series of reasonable rules that members must abide by in order to keep their certificate. Practitioners who transgress those rules can be kicked out of the association. This can make life somewhat difficult for these practitioners, but, and this is the key difference, it doesn't interfere with their legal right to practice. If PPO has a good reputation for high standards, consumers can be confident that a PPO-certified psychologist will be ethical and competent. If PPO gives certificates to psychologists who turn out to be poor practitioners, however, or if they are arbitrary and capricious in their judgments, their reputations could take a hit, 
and members might move to a competing association with a better track record. Professional associations, then, like any other organization of the free market, will live and die by their competence and probity, which will constantly face accountability from the market. So let's say I live in such a society without professional licensing and I decide to see a psychologist. Clearly, I won't just pay the first person on the street who adopts that title. Instead, I might ask a friend for recommendations and look online for established practitioners who have been in business for a while. Once I have a short list, I'll probably look up consumer reviews on the people I'm considering and look up their professional affiliations. Armed with this information, I'd make a choice. I might not get the best person, but chances are I'll find someone decent. At the very least, I'll easily be able to avoid gross incompetence. That makes sense, you might say, but what about the people who don't do their homework? Aren't they at risk for hiring someone incompetent? Yes, I suppose they are, but this is hardly for lack of information. They had ample opportunity to verify the qualifications of the sellers if they wanted to. There comes a point where we simply need to say, caveat emptor, let the buyer beware. At the end of the day, it's the buyer's responsibility to make sure that they, what they're getting into, and if they get hurt because they didn't do their due diligence, that's kind of on them. It's not the government's job to protect people from making bad personal choices, especially since what constitutes a bad choice is often a matter of contention, as it is in Peterson's case. Once the principle is admitted that it's the duty of the government to protect the individual against his own foolishness, Mises warned, no serious objections can be advanced against further encroachment. The point is that consumers, not bureaucrats, should determine whose services will be bought on the market. And while it's true that consumers generally know little about the field in question, professional associations, consumer reviews, and word of mouth are beyond sufficient to provide them with the necessary information to judge whether a given practitioner will be good at their job. Peterson's ability to practice psychotherapy should depend on his track record and reputation, not on the whims of bureaucrats. The same goes for every other professional no matter their field. End of this article. Your thoughts, MC. Yeah, and if even if you get certified or licensed by the state, that doesn't mean you're competent so much. Um, and so I, I got services from a, a psychiatrist one time, and, of course, I was one of those people that didn't know anything about psychiatry, you know? It's like, okay. One doctor says, I have depression. You go to a psychiatrist, and he gives you drugs. Okay. It's the benefit of going to a psychiatrist. Yeah, so, you, so I get the drugs and found out that, oh, it was the wrong drug. Oh, man. Um, yeah, and so, and, and then so after that, you know, you, you live and you learn. And so I learned that, well, uh, these psychiatrists don't actually know how the brain works. Okay. Not very well. And they don't know. They, they they can't see inside of your brain. Or it's, it's, uh, I mean, they, they know some things about how it works, but they, they, there's no test that they can run on your brain to see what drug you might need, you know? Right. So um, it's all trial and error, you know? So uh gives you a drug, it's the wrong one, makes you crazy. Um, so I, I learned the, the hard way that... Uh, doesn't matter if the guy's got a license or not. Uh, he's incompetent, <laughs> you know. He's yeah. Well, at a smaller level, right? I go like, you know, I make this up, but like, you know, ninety-five percent of accidents are caused by licensed drivers. Yeah, I think we actually looked it up, and it might be closer to eighty percent or something like. I forget what it was, but you know, most most of the people on the road are licensed because the state mandates it, and those are the people who end up in a ditch in a bad weather or a snowstorm, or whatever, 
right? So the well, I don't think the license has anything to do with it. Has nothing to do with it. <laughs> That's my point. Yeah. All right. Final thoughts? Uh, nope. All right, that'll do it for us this week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. You know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com, on Telegram, t.me slash anarchistexperience, or t.me slash theanarchistexperience. And if you would like to contribute to this show financially, you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash theanarchistexperience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.